everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Join me today, as always, Stephen Ostentoski and John Simmons. Boys, how are we doing? There's been a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, John, have you been able to keep up with everything going on in the past uh, few days here? Trying to. More like trying to track all the rumors, what's going to happen, what's not. We'll see. It is a very interesting time, not just with recruiting, but just Michigan football in general with all these assistant coaching hires going on. Steven, how about you? How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, it seems like if you're not uh, plugged in every day, you uh, see an assistant rumored to be hired one day. The next day, he's staying at Florida. There's there's a lot going <laughs> on. Lots and lots going on. Lots and lots going on for sure. And also Michigan basketball dropping their first loss of the season. Uh, so a uh, lot's going on, just football, basketball, uh, just a ton going on in general. We're going to stick with football recruiting today as we usually do. And we're going to talk about a couple of the, uh, the assistant coaches that got hired in uh, within the last week or so. And we definitely expect more, but we're going to stick with the two that have been confirmed that uh, the university has announced over the last week, let's just start right with the new defensive coordinator. Now that the Baltimore Ravens are out of the playoffs, Mike McDonald, he is going to be Michigan's newest defensive coordinator, 33 years old. He spent the last seven years of his career in Baltimore under John Harbaugh. The last three years, he had been coaching the linebackers. He also coached defensive backs in 2017. And he, while attending the University of Georgia, uh, he actually coached linebackers and running backs at a local high school down there uh, in Athens, and he earned the program's Coach of the Year award following his first season doing that. Uh, so obviously that's what started his coaching career there and uh, really kick-started everything. And he also worked at the University of Georgia under Mark Richt for three years. So uh, he's got some college experience, but predominantly the last seven seasons being in the NFL uh, with Jim Harbaugh's brother there, John, um, uh, obviously doing a very good job coaching the linebackers there. They've had a lot of really good guys uh, roll through their franchise, and he has helped develop them and become uh, a, a very well-rounded linebackers coach. We'll see how it goes with the defensive coordinator position now. He's never called plays, much like Josh Gaddis. Um, but in terms of recruiting, John, I'll start with you. This is going to be a big difference from Don Brown. Obviously, Don Brown recruited Massachusetts and the Northeast section of the country extensively, landing a ton of guys from that area. David Ojabo, Aquiti Pay, uh, Kashawn Bennett being the latest uh, defensive lineman to come out of that area. Uh, but also Tristan Bounds, he helped kind of get to Michigan, uh, the 2021 offensive lineman. And he's pretty much done that as uh, since he had been in Ann Arbor, but now with Mike McDonald in town, it seems like it's going to be a little bit different. He's got ties in Georgia. Obviously that's big because Georgia is a recruiting hotbed, a football hotbed. So uh, this is definitely uh, to, <laughs> to me, at least a, a very welcome change in terms of, in my mind, I figure that he will probably uh, assist the Wolverines getting some of those guys down South uh, instead of focusing in on, places like Connecticut and places like that in the Northeast. What say you, John? I don't know, Vaughn. You might have to be careful there. His hometown is Boston, Mass. Listed on his <laughs> uh, 
Well, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, I'm trying to be a little optimistic here, John. But go ahead. Ruin my day. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely more well-versed in the Georgia, southern part of the U.S. Uh, he went to high school in Georgia, so he moved at some point to the south. And so he he has a lot of experience with, with that area. Um, he was never an on-field coach, uh, you know, assistant coach at Georgia. So I don't think he has as much experience recruiting as someone like uh, Don, Don Brown did, just, you know, hands-on being the, the main contact to guys. But I think it's notable that when Georgia had a coaching change while McDonald was there, uh, he was the first guy that they pulled uh, from the GA spot onto the field to be uh, the recruiter in the interim, like, you know, Matt, they did that with Matty Dudek at Michigan last offseason, I think, um, when, you know, there's just a limbo in between coaches, so you always have 10 guys out there. So Georgia clearly thought well enough of McDonald to uh, have him be the, the first man up and get on the, the phone with these guys and be able to contact them. So I think that's a good sign, um, but it's kind of just a big question mark right now. We'll see. I like that he's young. He's kind of an out-of-the-box hire, which I think uh, Harbaugh kind of needed to do to uh, save his job and has the best chance of uh, turning the ship around here. So I think he's young, he's energetic. He's seen how a big recruiting operation like Georgia wor works. He was there under Mark Wright, so they they were like, you know, top 10, you know, latter half, kind of where Michigan's been. They, didn't, they weren't opened up like they were now with Kirby Smart, but he still got to see, you know, one of – uh, the South's best recruiting operation. So hopefully picked up some knowledge there and, uh, you know, can pair it with some good coordinating skills. Steven, I want to ask you specifically because you're always saying, you know, defensive line, defensive line, defensive line. McDonald's specialty is obviously with linebackers. He's been coaching linebackers the last several seasons uh, with the Ravens there. Uh, obviously, they've got a lot of good linebackers at U of M currently, uh, you got Junior Colson coming in, who's a top 100 talent. You've got already got Kalel Mullings on campus. They like Tyler McLaurin a lot as well. Uh, Jaden Hood, obviously coming in, has a lot of potential there at the Mike linebacker position. Do you think under McDonald, do you think it's going to be kind of linebacker dependent, or do you think that they're going to try and uh, bulk up the defensive line like I think they should uh, and, and try and hit that position hard in 2022? Yeah, it depends because it, it depends what direction you want to take. Do they, uh, are they going to try to instill a scheme and recruit, recruit towards that? I mean, coming in, you have to evaluate what your roster looks like. And I think you're right. A lot of the youth, a lot of the positions, um, you, you have a lot of those kind of in between defensive end outside linebacker types. So that, um, you know, that, that should, in my opinion, dictate what you do with your defense. It'll be interesting because you already have Brian Jean-Marie, as your linebackers coach currently, uh, McDonald has experience, extensive experience with linebackers as well as the secondary. So you have just a missing piece there. So I, I think a big direction in which Michigan will go will be dependent on what they decide to do uh, with the defensive line coach, right? Are you sticking with, with Nua who, you know, just my opinion, hasn't shown a whole lot of pedigree recruiting the position. Um, and, you know, with, with how many, hats mcdonald will have to wear you know first time defensive coordinator first time leading a recruiting you know maybe he won't be hitting the road recruiting too hard but he has to manage his staff right he has to manage not only the schemes but the position coaches as well as well as the player personnel there's just a lot of different things he has to do so uh 
you know, if Michigan can bring in like a more experienced defensive line guy who has experience as a defensive coordinator, that would be the direction I would want them to go. But I don't know. It, it, it's, it, it's, I, I could see it going any one of these directions and it depends on how much they want to put on Mike McDonald's plate. I think that's what it boils down to where if they bring in a defensive coordinator, I think you can leverage McDonald's, um, you know, strength that, albeit a short amount of time at Georgia, he was lauded for his recruiting ability. I mean, he's still, you know, seven years removed from that. So it just depends on, on who they bring in on the staff, whether he'll have to be focused more on kind of the schematics there, or if he'll be able to put more focus into that, uh, that recruiting aspect of the job, but things are so fluid right now in the defensive staff. I'm interested to see how they balance their, their staff with only, I think now they only have like four dedicated spots on the defense with uh, Mike Hart and Jay Harbaugh now moved to special teams. So, so I, I said a lot there and a lot is still to be, uh, to be, uh, I guess, discovered on what direction Michigan heads on uh, what their defensive staff ultimately will look like. And I think that's the direction that will uh, dictate how Michigan is going to approach defense in 2021. Yeah, there's a lot still to be determined with this uh, coaching staff. Obviously, you already said that uh, McDonald with the linebacker experience is John Marie still going to have a spot on this coaching staff. Are they going to go and get uh, a couple other guys to uh, fill that vacancy? Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, you had a, a dedicated uh, a Vipers coach. Um and it, things are just going to be massively different in Ann Arbor in terms of who's going to be coaching what. Obviously, they've got to go get a, a replacement for Zordich as well. So it, it, it's going to be a lot uh, in, in probably a short amount of time. Well, let me ask you this then, uh, just real quick follow-up, Stephen. What kind of defense do you expect McDonald to bring to Michigan? And then in correlation, what kind of recruits do you expect them to go after with that defense in mind? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I haven't watched a whole lot of film on Baltimore. I know they run a uh, 3-4. So with the personnel, does Michigan really have a guy that they can put in the middle there as your true nose guard? I'm not sure. Probably not. Uh, yeah, I think you have more bodies at kind of the linebacker role in general to play with that. So upping that count is um, – plausible so i think with the amount of talented guys like a junior colser junior colson or um more athletic linebackers the most you can put those guys on the field at once will be uh the direction that they'll have to go in just based on personnel so i don't know he i don't know what he'll he'll do either right because it's like we can look at baltimore and say this is what baltimore did we don't know exactly how much he had to say on you know, what that defensive scheme looked like based on the personnel, if they had di different fluidity based on what the draft board looked like to them. So I, I would expect to see a lot of linebackers on the field next year, just because that's the personnel on Michigan's squad right now. And the lack of defensive line depth will, I think, play into that as well as the strength of the, uh, of the linebacking core right now. Yeah, I, I think that's going to probably I, – I think if that's what it's going to be, yeah, I mean, get your best players out on the field. You probably at this moment in time have better linebackers than you do defensive linemen. So if they've got four linebackers out there at a time, that I mean, that's what they'll have to do for, 
for the time being until they get other guys on the defensive line to fill the gap there. John, in my opinion, I think that the, the way that they recruit uh, defensively is going to change drastically. Uh, they're only going uh, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Don Brown recruiting the Northeast quite a bit. Obviously, you've got a guy like Wilfredo Ibar, uh, a uh, fringe top 100 guy in Connecticut. You would probably expect them to continue to go after him. But a guy that's already committed, in my opinion, Tyler Martin, I, I just don't know if at the end of the day, they'll continue to recruit guys like him. Now they may let him stay in the recruiting class just because he's already committed and he is a four-star player and he has some potential there, but had Mike McDonald already been on staff while they were in the early stages of the recruiting for the 2022 class, it's kind of uh, an unknown, a big question mark if they would have even offered Tyler Martin or even recruited him. So I think the way that recruiting is going to, kind of go with the rest of this 22 class. It's going to be a, a lot of different guys that uh, you probably aren't accustomed to seeing a Don Brown kind of go after. I think they're probably going to focus on a lot of those big defensive interior uh, defensive linemen. I, I think they should at the very least. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think so too. I, I think the Martins, or Tyler Martin just kind of screams Don Brown recruit. He's the, you know, tough nose kind of, linebacker that could be a fullback from Massachusetts so I know I'm like looking at uh Michigan's offers at linebacker for 2022 and they have uh two guys really from the south that they've offered one from Florida and one from Mississippi and they're both uh you know right on that three four star edge so I think Mm -hmm. that's an area I think you could see Michigan hitting harder uh now if they do go to that three, four, I think you can see a lot more uh, hybrid guys that could be stand up. Rushers could put their hand down in the dirt to play the outside uh, edge position, maybe like a Dallas Turner uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas was yep. last year. Uh, so you could see kind of more of those hybrid guys. And then, yeah, the bigger uh, guys for the middle linebacker spots, the inside linebacker spots. Um, yeah. I think you, you, when you first get here, McDonald's going to have to tailor his system to the guys that he has on the roster, but he's going to start recruiting to the the system he has in his mind as soon as possible to try to, you know, get that, uh, have that transition happen as seamless as possible. And and the number one for me would be that uh, nose tackle, you know, 330 pound uh, gap stuffer that you need for, for the system to work. Cause I, I think other than that, their personnel lines up pretty pretty well. I think a lot of the anchors and three techs will do well as the defensive tackles. And Michigan has been recruiting some of those guys like Oyabo and, you know, Katron Bedit that could uh, come off the edge. So uh, hopefully the transition costs aren't too huge. Yeah, looking at the top targets page on uh, 24-7, uh, there's not a single guy over 300 pounds currently on the defensive lineman side of things. Obviously, I think a lot of these top targets will end up changing on defense specifically. Um, I, I think they'll continue to go after a few of these guys that they've already made offers to and are kind of like the, the top tier guys like Caden Curry from Indiana. Obviously, he's a top 100 guy that is going to get attention no matter what. Justice Finkley being a, a defensive end from Alabama. That's going to be a tough poll regardless, but I think that they would continue to go after him. Uh, Anthony Lucas could be another guy that I could see them go after who could end up getting to 
300 pounds by the time he gets to college. But other than that, I, I think that uh, the defensive lineman recruiting is going to change drastically under McDonald. And it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a welcome site for a lot of uh, recruiting fans, just because with the way that they had been recruiting defensive ends to bulk up and then end up on the interior uh, and, and take a few years to be able to do that you're probably not going to see a lot of that moving forward under McDonald because they're going to need those big guys right away to fill those gaps and be able to kind of do the things that Michigan defensive linemen haven't been doing a lot of over the last several years under Don Brown. So uh, we'll definitely see how this plays out. Uh, Steven, I'll, I'll give you the last word. Any other parting thoughts on, on defense in general or just recruiting under McDonald? With the lack of numbers for assistant coaches right now, because I think you have the 10 coach limit, right? Because uh, anyway, with that lack of numbers of position coaches, I think it's imperative they get a co-defensive coordinator in um, to help alleviate some of the initial stress I'm sure (laughs) McDonald will have in a big time role like this. So that would be the best next step if I'm Michigan. But um, I, I think, I think it'll, it'll be a, it's a good move. It's a more high risk move. The thing I like most about the hire is it's a guy that we know will work well with Harbaugh because he's vetted from Jim Harbaugh's own brother. So I think that's a key component of this is a working relationship that will um, at least run smoothly on that front, or at least has passed that initial step where Don Brown um, was more of a, this is a statistical choice rather than a, uh, relationship and uh, having a your own brother vet that decision is um, is at least comforting from that aspect. Yeah, he picked the apple right from his uh, tree in his backyard, uh, more or less. Is uh, is how that hire went? Yeah, the hire for Don Brown, Jimmy probably just looked at the statistics and was like, "Holy shoot, who is this guy over in Boston College?" And uh, but yeah, McDonald, it's uh, coming right from the Harbaugh family more or less. So you can expect that to uh, be a pretty good relationship moving forward there. So uh, definitely excited to see how this all plays out. And if if they do get a, uh, they won't call him a co-defensive coordinator probably, but if they could get a guy with experience to kind of help guide the way, kind of like Phil Martelli for Juwan uh, on the basketball side of things, I I think that would go a real long way in, in guiding him into making good quality decisions as a coordinator in, in terms of, not just coaching up an entire defense, but in terms of play calling as well. I think that would go a real long way. Um, Guys, we will talk about uh, the next edition here uh, after our break, but we'll take our quick break uh, right now. We're going to talk about uh, Home Field Apparel, uh, which is a collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfy, but it is officially licensed gear, so they don't screw around when it comes to their designs. The team over at Home Field studies every school's histories, uh, traditions, and legacies to create a thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they really do have some amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from T-shirts to crewnecks. They got everything you need to stay cozy. So if you're looking for some vintage apparel that you won't find anywhere else, go to homefieldapparel.com and use that promo code that we've been blasting at you over the last few months. That promo code is MNB, as in Maize and Brew, at your checkout, and you will get 20% off your entire first order. So again, that promo code is MNB 
uh, 20% off that entire first order. So go to homefieldapparel.com if you have not used that promo code and start shopping today. Hey, everybody, welcome back. So we talked about McDonald in the last segment. We are going to wrap up the pod today with a recruiting talk about the other latest assistant coach to join Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor, and that is Mike Hart, one of my personal favorite Wolverines uh, in my lifetime. And I'm a young guy, so don't bash me if you guys like Tim Biakabatuka or any of those other guys better. They're great running backs, but Mike Hart, growing up, he was my guy. Uh, I had a Mike Hart jersey uh, for Christmas one year, and I was so pumped to to open that gift up. But uh, he is going to be coming back home to Ann Arbor, and he has done – uh, a pretty good job uh, coaching up running backs kind of all over the place at Western Michigan. Uh, Jarvian Franklin uh, was a top back there at over a thousand yards, I think for at least one season. And uh, uh, then he went from uh, Kalamazoo, went to Indiana where he's been the last few years there and, and has done a pretty good job recruiting over there. Ended up flipping a, a four-star running back there, Samson James, from Ohio state to go to Indiana and he helped develop Stevie Scott into a 1000 yard running back as well. So uh, he's done some pretty good stuff there. Uh, kind of an unknown on the recruiting trail. He hasn't recruited super top guys by any means, uh, but John, I'll start with you. Um, I, the thing that I want to ask you, John, do you think, or do you expect Mike Hart to get some assistance from Jay Harbaugh? Cause obviously uh, Mike Hart is uh, replacing Jay Harbaugh as the running backs coach. He's going to move to special teams predominantly. Uh, do you think Jay Harbaugh is going to help him out a little bit with any of the recruiting uh, of the 2022 running backs? Because obviously Harbaugh has uh, got a lot of talent to Ann Arbor. Um, and, and he's already made relationships with a lot of these guys in this 22 class, a few five stars, a few high four stars. Uh, so do you think that Harbaugh will lend a helping hand recruiting or do you think he will kind of just let Mike Hart take the keys to the car and let him drive himself? No, I think Harbaugh will definitely help out Hart a lot, at least in the beginning. And I think that's one of the biggest positives of this hire is that uh, Jay Harbaugh isn't leaving the staff. It's not one or the other. They found a way to to get both in. And I think that's going to help a lot because, you know, Harbaugh can kind of hand over the reins to Hart after a little bit of a, uh, period and help keep those uh, relationships intact without having a dip that can often happen when coaches get coaches get switched out and now that Harbaugh doesn't really have a, a position besides special teams that he's coaching you know uh, kickers and punters aren't really going to take up a lot of time he can kind of just be the jack of all trades and uh, help out in any recruitment that needs uh, assistance so if that's Mike Hart uh, for one of these five stars that he's got him uh, in on that's uh, that's helpful for sure but he can also go to different positions so I think uh, I'm excited for Hart to be on the staff uh, as well I think he's going to do great here and I but I also think that keeping Harbaugh on staff is going to go a long way in maintaining those 2022 relationships yeah I mean just looking at the top targets page here again Gavin saw Chuck being a five star uh, that they've offered obviously they're not Fully in that recruitment, but uh, they were early on uh, for sure. Uh, Jabron Payne uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio, a four-star running back that Mike Hart uh, developed a relationship with when he was at Indiana and probably will continue that 
as the Michigan running back coach as well. So uh, tons of guys uh, to choose from in this class. Uh, Steven, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, just in terms of uh, on-field production, uh, Mike Hart has produced some quality college backs. And obviously with the news popping today with Zach Charbonnet uh, going into the transfer portal, uh, he's going to be gone. You still got Hassan Haskins back. Uh, You still got uh, obviously Donovan Edwards coming in as a true freshman. I expect him to get uh, some some pretty good uh, playing time uh, his true freshman season. He just seems bound for uh, that kind of role uh, with Michigan right away with his versatility. But Blake Corum as well being a guy uh, who as a true freshman played pretty well in the reserve time. So in terms of the on-field production, uh, do you think that things will get better uh, under Mike Hart. And do you think that that will all equate to quality recruiting as well? Yeah. I mean, you look at Mike Hart's on-field production since 2012 um, at the multiple locations he's been at, he's produced four different running backs with a thousand plus yard seasons. How many do you guys, Vaughn and John think that Michigan has produced since 2012? One. One. Yeah. Yeah, one running back. You have Karan Higdon both in 2017 and 18 who reached that mark. And uh, so when you see it's just like, I guess it's different if you're going from, you know, maybe Alabama to Georgia to things like that where you can pass it off as like, okay, Mike Hart is, you know, in this alternate universe, Mike Hart's the benefit of being at a high power offense. This was at, you know, this was at Eastern Michigan. This was at Western Michigan. He, performed really well at at Syracuse and then on to Indiana. So these are offenses that you wouldn't consider powerhouses in their conference. Um, And when a running back coach does that from one location to the next, I think that that shows you something um, more than just a guy who, you know, would maybe bounce around at, at larger teams that are where he's just a part of a, you know, a cog in the machine where it seems like he was driving a lot of production and able to identify that talent as well. So I like his career progression and I feel like I've always respected the Indiana running back room. They always kind of terrified me. They would always have a running back that would be someone. Uh, and Stevie Scott was a guy that most teams wanted as like a linebacker. So he identified the uh, talent that he was and he was I think second team all big 10 as a true freshman so when you have a guy like Donovan Edwards coming in you have a guy like Blake Corm that you're still scratching the surface on for a guy who can evaluate talent as well as Mike Hart has done at the smaller directional schools in Michigan as well as winning those recruiting battles like you said uh, against Ohio State while Mike Hart was at Indiana when you have a guy who can do both the odds are much higher when he's shown that at multiple locations than if it were just a guy coming from, like I said, one of those larger SEC schools or something like that. So I think there's just a lot of different factors that he's shown on his career path thus far that encourage me, as well as the fact that Michigan's a job that he's wanted and was interested in um, back in 2017, when I believe he was talking with Harbaugh about a potential position as well. So add in that and he's a guy who I think will work pretty hard comparatively to other position coaches where it's, you know, maybe a little bit more than just a job where this is a job maybe he's been building towards. So I can't see any downside. I guess the only downside would be that because you're moving Jay Harbaugh to the uh, specific special teams coach, again, you're, you're losing those position coach 
bodies for the defensive side uh, that I think needs a lot of attention. So that's the only downside. But in terms of Mike Hart, I'm uh, I'm elated uh, about him joining the staff. Yeah, me too. I think this is a home run hire. I, I think it came at a pretty good time here. And I, I think uh, this has potential to be really good for Michigan for a really long time. John, you wrote up a story on maysbrew.com that pretty much focused in on what Mike Hart is exactly bringing to Michigan on the recruiting trail. And right at the tail end here, you said to look out for a guy that I mentioned not too long ago, Jabran Payne, this is a four-star from Ohio and Indiana for the running back success in 2022, they've uh, up to this point, Mike Hart only extended seven offers. And one of them was to Payne, uh, the four-star from Cincinnati. So, I think that there's a pretty good shot that he ends up being one of their top targets at running back at the end of the day. What say you? Yeah, I definitely think he's going to be one of the big guys that Michigan goes after. Uh, Indiana didn't make Payne's top seven, but I don't think that means he's not going to keep going after, keep considering Michigan because Mike Hart's here now. I think it just helps having two guys that recruited him on staff now. And I think – I think Hart's going to have a special resonance on the trail. You just, you look at guys, you know, position coaches like, uh, you know, Brian Hartline or at OSU or Dre Bly at UNC that, you know, played for their alma and they played for the team and now they're back at their alma mater is coaching them and they're just killing it on the recruiting trail. And I think there's just something added uh, that uh, Steven touched on a little bit when you're, when you're recruiting for the the team that you played for and excelled for, I think that it just has a little bit more weight with the parents. I think it's easier for them to see, you know, the passion for the school and it comes across. So I think that that's going to have a special effect. And I think someone like Jabran Payne from Ohio, um, I think Mike Hart understands the rivalry better than most. Um, you know, he never beat OSU when he was at Michigan. So I think he, that trips up still on his shoulder. And I think landing a guy out of Ohio would be, a really good win uh, for him as his first in his first cycle on campus. Yeah. Getting a four star from Ohio is not something that Michigan does a whole lot. So I think that would go a long way, not only with Mike Hart recruiting, but just with that in general, I, I can't really, I, I could probably count on one hand, the amount of, of four star guys from Ohio that they've gotten uh, over the last few cycles here. Um, and that's something that a lot of people have been criticizing Harbaugh for is not being able to recruit the state of Ohio effectively. Uh, so we'll definitely see uh, if that changes with Payne or with uh, anybody else in this 2022 class. Uh, but God, I'm, I'm just ecstatic about this, uh, this Mike Hart hire. I think this is going to uh, go a long ways. I think it's going to be really good uh, for recruiting. I think it's going to be really good for the college, uh, the, the backs in college right now at Michigan. And it, it gives, it gives me some hope that, uh, that, uh, you know, cause back, back with Mike Hart and uh, Chad Henney and those guys, it was just, that was like the golden era of Michigan football in my lifetime at least. And uh, it just gives me a renewed sense that uh, uh, there's change coming and it could be good change, what could be bad change, but it's changed nonetheless, and it's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how it all plays out. Hopefully it plays out well. Like I said, Mike Hart was one of my favorite guys growing up to watch. He was just super fun to watch, uh, uh, tote the rock, and uh, we'll definitely see 
uh, what comes out of that. So, Stephen, any other final thoughts on uh, Mike Hart recruiting, uh, running backs, anything? Yeah, I think just going off of what John said, having a position coach that this was like his target job, right? Kind of building to Michigan. I think that's also going to help where this isn't, you know, it could be a stepping stone for Mike Carter if he wants to continue on elsewhere, but it's a lot less likely than other position coaches um, where he's clearly stuck within the state a bit at Western Eastern. He's built to this and the, uh, he, he can pitch a lot more that he's where he wants to be. And I think there's a lot more, uh, a, a lot more to back that up than maybe other position coaches elsewhere can pitch. So I expect him to lean into that because he's back at his alma mater. And that provides a lot of value when you have that kind of stability uh, that you can pitch towards recruits. So I think that adds a lot of value there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does. Well, guys, I uh, certainly appreciate you hopping on the pod as usual. And I think, all of the listeners for tuning in as usual. Well, we greatly appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And Steven. At Steven Toski. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Follow Steven's fantastic work on YouTube at Maze and Brew. Give our podcasts a like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff, five stars. We would really appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys on the next edition of Future Brew. Thanks for listening.